Canine Nation eBooks are now available. The first two volumes, Dogs As They Are and Teaching Dogs Effective Learning, are available in bookstores now. More on how you can get them at the end of this podcast. Welcome to Canine Nation Audio Edition. It's Wednesday, April 24th, 2013. Canine Nation is a regular feature column that runs on the Life is a Human online magazine. Life is a Human features articles about what it means to be human, the good, the bad, and the enlightening. This column explores what it means to be human in our relationship with dogs. You can find it at lifeisahuman.com. To get directly to Canine Nation, go to caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. A complete archive of all the Canine Nation articles can be found there. Hi, I'm Eric Brad. Canine Nation is about learning, understanding, and living successfully with our dogs. Modern animal training techniques based on behavioral science can produce amazing results in working with our dogs. Whether your dog is a loved family member or a working dog, a canine athlete, or a trusted companion, Positive training techniques based on science can help you enjoy a more productive and fun relationship with your dog. Join us as we explore the many facets of living with our dogs and taking a fresh look at how we work with them. Whether it's taking a closer look at everyday issues we share with our dogs or busting long-standing myths about training and dog behavior, I hope you find something useful in each of the Canine Nation articles. We're glad you're with us. Now here's this week's installment. What's wrong with intelligent dog training? The one thing the dog world is not short on is tribes. Call them philosophies or methods or techniques if you like, but the dog training world seems to always be divided into tribes that claim to offer the best way to train your dog. Whether it is Caesar Milan and his pack leadership style of training, the shock collar training that seems popular among sporting dog enthusiasts, or the relationship-centered training advocated by Suzanne Clothier, each of these tribes sets themselves apart from the rest of the dog training world. Each tribe has its gurus, its important books, and a means to identify with others who believe in the same kind of training. If this sounds a little bit like religions, I don't think that is merely a coincidence. God, they say, is unknowable. In a very real sense, dog is unknowable to humans in many ways as well. We can make our observations, collect our data, and form our hypotheses on how and why dogs behave as they do. The fact that dogs cannot tell us what they are thinking in any direct way means that we are constantly interpreting and speculating on what their behaviors may mean. Even though science has learned a great deal about dog behavior and canine cognition and learning, direct access to what B.F. Skinner called the black box, the mind of the dog, remains out of reach. It is often that narrow blind spot that different tribes use to distinguish themselves and set them apart from all of the other tribes in dog training. You can sit by the river for years and never get wet. I had a very talented friend who would frequently use that phrase 
in reference to older, more experienced people in his field. At a young age my friend was, in many ways, more accomplished and better informed in his field than colleagues who had been at it for twenty years longer than he had. It seemed to me that it is not how long you have been doing something that matters, but how intelligently you engage and your ability to learn from those experiences. It's the same with dogs. I frequently tell people that I have been living and training with dogs for thirty years, but most of those years I did it badly. It is not an exaggeration to say that I learned more in my first year of using behavioral science-based training than I had in the previous twenty years. I frequently encounter dog trainers who will use the number of years they have been involved with dogs, or the number of dogs that they have worked with, as their claim to some authority on the subject. I have been breeding, or training, or working with, or around dogs for thirty years. I think I know something about them. And I'm sure these people do know something about dogs. Humans have some remarkable ways of fooling themselves. One of those ways has been identified in psychology as confirmation bias, a process where someone will unconsciously disregard any information that conflicts with their existing beliefs or will focus only on information that supports their beliefs about a particular subject. Do we really know what we need to know about dogs? It seems that you can believe the same incorrect conclusions about dogs for years and never challenge them. I know this to be true because I did it myself for twenty years. What's worse is that it seems people have the capacity to convince themselves that they are better informed as the years pass, but they are just selectively choosing the information that supports what they already believe. There is no reason to change what they know. If it isn't broken, why fix it? One of the most confusing things about different dog training methods is that they can appear to give us the same results. If I tell my dog to sit, we all know what that looks like, and we could all judge whether or not the dog had done the sit in response to my cue. What is more difficult to know from this observation is how I taught this dog to sit. Did I use clicker training, natural dog training, relationship-centered training, pack leadership training? Perhaps I even used a combination of these or other methods. But a sit is a sit is a sit, right? There was a time that I believed that, too. Then I read Melissa Alexander's article, How You Get Behavior Really Does Matter, and I realized that getting the results I wanted was only part of the story between me and my dog. Like throwing a pebble in a pond, the process by which we teach our dogs can ripple out into other areas of our lives together. Frustrating my dog with confusing training might make her unwilling to learn other behaviors or even to respond to known behaviors. Being overly generous with food rewards for easy training might make my dog lazy or bored or interested only in the food. How we approach training our dogs really does have an impact on not just the performance of a specific behavior that we train, but on our dog's overall attitude and behavior in life situations as well. There are those in dog training who focus on manners and making sure dogs are not rude when interacting with humans. Often their training methods get results and they get them quickly. Unfortunately, 
Much of this training involves stopping behavior. Don't jump up, don't nip, don't pull on the leash, don't bark. These techniques get the desired results, and the dog thinks twice before doing the behaviors again. But then the owners notice something they didn't expect. They enroll their dog in an agility class, and their dog is reluctant to run and jump and work away from them at a distance. Why? Because the dog does not want to be reprimanded yet again for some unwanted behavior. He is thinking twice about it. It's what they have come to expect from their manners training. Be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. Good intentions and unconditional love do not train a dog. Time, patience, education, and a well-prepared training plan is what trains a dog. An intelligent dog trainer looks for all the information they can get on all aspects of dogs, behavior, and learning theory. It's not enough just to know how to throw the pebble into the pond. You should also know how ripples work and where they are likely to go before you throw. Sometimes that means admitting what we thought we knew was wrong and casting old information aside in favor of the new, despite our own cognitive bias. My experience with students has shown me that many of the problems dog owners have happen because they didn't realize that the solution to one behavior problem might just create three other new problems. Many times, these problems come about because the owner has discovered a new tribe of dog training and has followed its principles without looking closely enough at what they were doing and how it affected their dog. Their search for a solution has led them to a new and different set of problems. And here, cognitive bias can once again fool us into thinking that the new problems are preferable to the old problems. They have a solution they think is good enough. Or is it? We like to call this the information age. There are more books, articles, videos, and other information sources available to us today than ever before in human history. Making the best use of that information is up to us as individuals. While God remains largely unknowable, our dog is right here with us, and we have opportunities each day to interact and discover more about her. She, too, is a valuable source of information. Regardless of what you read or are told about dogs, behavior, and training, think about that advice and how it will affect you and your dog. Everyone who trains a dog has different strengths. Each will develop the skills that they think are important to them and their time with their dog. The kind of training we do with our dog should not be based on our association with a particular tribe. Our human need to belong to a group should not outweigh finding the best approach to teaching our dogs and helping them enjoy a happy, healthy life. Your choice of dog training methods should not depend on a certain tribe, a charismatic guru, or a commitment to an ideology. It should depend on the careful, thoughtful efforts of the most important person in your dog's life. You. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Canine Nation. You can find the text version of it at caninenation.lifeisahuman.com. 
Teaching Dogs Effective Learning is the second Canine Nation ebook to be released. It is a collection of essays from the Life as a Human online magazine on how we train and teach our dogs and what we can learn in the process. The book includes introductory notes for each essay, as well as two essays written specifically for this book. Also available is the first Canine Nation ebook, Dogs as They Are, a look at what our dogs are, where they have come from, and how they adapt to our lives. Both books are available in the Canine Nation store in Kindle format, EPUB format for iPads, Kobo, Nook, and other e-readers, or a special PDF edition formatted for instructors that includes licensing for reprints for students. Just go to caninenation.ca and click on the store link at the top of the page. You can also find Canine Nation eBooks in the Amazon store, on Apple iTunes, at booktango.com, and other online booksellers. You can join our discussion about dogs and dog training on Facebook. Just search for Canine Nation to get to our group. You can ask for membership, and we'll add you to our growing family. If you can spread the word about the podcast or link to our caninenation.lifeisahuman.com page, we would certainly appreciate it. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.